Okay, welcome to the Startup Sec podcast, where we do interviews with Sacramento startup founders and innovators. Today, I'm with Chris and Dean from McGilla, McGilla Loans. Let's start off by having you two, each individu- individually, introduce yourselves, who you are, your background, and then uh, introduce your startup. Okay, my name is Chris Meyer. Uh, I was a local businessman, and I am the founder of McGilla Loans. And my background is, uh, I was spent about 11 years as an attorney from New York. Spent about 11 years in uh, Hollywood trying to be a screenwriter. Uh, another 11 years, 12 years, owning a series of funeral homes in Northern California. And uh, came up with the idea for McGill Loans and brought on my friend Dean, uh, the technical wizard of it all. And um, yeah, here we are. And Dean? So I'm Dean Sukis. I'm a Sacramento native. Uh, went to Jesuit High School and uh, then UC Berkeley and then Columbia University. Ironically, didn't know Chris in New York, but I was there as well. Um, also an attorney, and uh, moved back to Sacramento to start a, a long career as a real estate developer, uh, developing uh, subdivisions and uh, commercial, retail, industrial uh, developments around Sacramento. And um, love tech, always have. And um, as the other founder of Megilla, you know um, what Chris said is. Uh, is right. We got together and and created what we created. <laughs> so tell us, tell us, explain what you created. Uh, what is McGill Loans? Maybe you can tell them the, yeah, the, the genesis. The, so McGill Loans is basically kayak for loans. It's a marketplace. We are not a lender. We simply match borrowers with prospective lenders, and generally they're FDIC insured lenders. Um, the genesis of McGill Loans happened. I had I received about fourteen loans in 10 years and running these businesses in Northern California. And each time I would have to do the same thing. Three years of tax returns, three years of business tax returns, fill out your, an application on each of the bank's letterhead, wait two or three months for a term sheet to come, then compare the term sheets from the various banks. So that process took about three months and took an inordinate amount of time for out of my business day. That was the pain point. That, that was the pain idea. point, exactly. So one day, I, Dean's uh, children and my children go to the same school, St. Michael's Episcopal School in Carmichael. And I said to him, hey, I've got this problem. And he said, hey, no problem. I'll, I'll find it on the, on the web. Okay. So I'll find you a search engine and I'll Google it, right? I think and, yeah, the words uh, I said were, don't worry, I'll go back to my office, my real estate office, yeah. and I'll find your search engine. Exactly. Those are the words that came out of my <laughs> That's mouth. That's exactly right. And um, 24 hours later, my phone rang and said, hey, man, I think you should come into my office. I don't think this exists. And I said... No joke, it doesn't exist. I know it doesn't exist because I had created a little website of my own, mm-hmm. totally raw, and uh, showed it to Dean and he's like, we can do a lot better, or I can do a lot better. So when was this? It's about... Uh, two years ago. It's almost two years ago to the day, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, was around this, it was around this time, two years ago. So uh, you went in, you found that there was an opportunity. You had a pain point, you found there was an opportunity. How did you proceed next uh, in validating the market in Business uh, we kind of didn't. I mean, basically, we, being businessmen of our, I mean, we, we've been around the block. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been done this for, although in different businesses, uh, getting a loan for a project, whether it's a real estate project or a funeral home, a bakery, um, your house, um, between the two of us, 
we've got a lot of loan experience. Yeah, you were the subject matter expert. We so were our own customer. We were our own yeah. customer, mm-hmm. and our customer was ourselves. Mm-hmm. And we said, well, what do we want? Well, I'm not trying to get out of credit card debt. I'm trying to buy a or refinance a six million dollar office building, mm-hmm. or I want to buy um, a ten million dollar retail project, or I want to refinance a $350,000 house. I mean, that's... We wanted to create something for guys who would not have a problem getting a loan, or women who would not have a problem. Sort of a plus 700 credit score. Mm-hmm. A person that could get it, that no problem. And the idea is, is that we want to find, how do you find the best rates the fastest? And the whole term of the art in the industry is, from every banker, is we want the relationship, we want the relationship. Well. We think that along with Kayak and what Amazon did to the bookstores, people are used to using search engines, right? They use aggregators. They want to find the information fast, and then they want to proceed down the road mm-hmm. with someone, with just one person. And as, as two people who don't mind digesting information, because we're experienced businessmen, all we're looking for is the information. I will then make my own judgment call. And we use Kayak as the example because it's very relevant. So, we've been interviewed a bunch of times, and they, you know, in the early days, they said, well, wait a second. Um, I heard that so-and-so, a real estate developer, used your system. Well, what does he need your system for? He has banking relationships. I said, sir, there are 6,000 FDIC-insured bank brands in the United States. 6,000. How many banking relationships does any <laughs> one person have? A, a, a very strong borrower a very successful woman, businesswoman, businessman, realistically can only have so many, a handful, single digits. Okay? And even if you have those single digits, like Chris's experience, these people jump ship now. It's not the days of the banker is at this branch until he retires. Mm-hmm. That is no longer the case. And so basically, just like Kayak, I told the interviewer, I have a relationship with United Airlines, British? How? I've been flying on airlines my entire life. So I have relationships. I have free flyer miles. I have emails. I get free drink coupons with Southwest. Is that a relationship? It is. I have some affinity for certain brands. Mm -hmm. But I still go to Kayak Mm -hmm. to figure out what has changed in the airline industry since the last time I bought a ticket. Mm -hmm. And as being a Sacramentan, We just got another flight from Sacramento to Newark, New Jersey. Well, I lived here my whole life. We were thrilled when JetBlue gave us a nonstop from Sacramento to JFK, right? That was revolutionary for us. We could go to the East Coast nonstop. In my mind, there's only one way to get there. No, there are now two. And similarly, in the banking world, what his experience was last month is relevant. It is, right? It's a data point. What's more relevant today? And if you and I are asking each other, who did you use to refinance your house? And you refinanced your house a year and a half ago. Is that a good recommendation? So it's also kind of crowdsourcing from For all that data much. that's out there. That's exactly right. And we yeah. had this conversation yesterday. Yeah. yeah. Remember we said, what was right. the example? The, uh, the crazy example we came up with. The... Uh, Let's say we had the very first, let's say the first 
uh, dog walking business comes into McGillar. This is a ridiculous example. Oh, right. Okay. Do we have dog walking lenders? Uh, maybe. I, I don't know. Okay. We've had these things happen where we have lenders that are hyper, hyper specific, mm -hmm. as well as lenders that are very, very big and very broad. So as ridiculous as it sounds, is there a lender that specializes in dog walking businesses? I bet, yeah. Or even if they don't specialize, they've got a history, they've done it before. That's right, and so they have that expertise. Yeah. Now, and I think what's unique about McGill also, which we haven't really hit on, is the anonymity. The borrower who comes into the system never places his name, his social security number, his phone number. The only identifying information he would use is his uh, email address. Mm -hmm. And that we really that was sort of the the gravamen of Megillah because we wanted we would never put our, our information on the internet. That's just who we are. Certainly not a social. And we, and we figured other there's got to be right. other people out there like that. And so it gives the banker a snapshot of the borrower, and then the banker would give a proposal based on that snapshot. And again, if they went down the road to close the loan, it's off the site. So we have stayed clear of any regulatory ambiguity that there might be because these banks are so heavily regulated by RESPA and Dodd-Frank and all these laws. That's why there's been such a, a, a joining from the banks. So that was a win-win for us, is when we built the first Megillah, Chris and I looked at each other in my office and we patted each other on the back and then said, I would never use this. <laughs> the first version right. was was beautiful looking, at least we thought it was. We're like, oh my God, look how, look how, we coded the first site ourselves. Oh, I was gonna ask, how did, how did that happen? Well, we did it because we did it. Hmm. It, was an, it was more of a, it was kind of a dare to ourselves. When we couldn't find it, I was floored. I, it's never happened to me before. Usually when you search for something online, whether it's the camera that's in front of us, or a microphone, or a service, like can I get food delivery service from this certain, Okay, there's food delivery service places. You'll find something close. If not exactly what you want, it's close enough. Like, ah, I hoped it was free, but I have to pay a little service. Or usually I've never, ha I've never gotten nothing. Usually it's a re the reverse problem. You get too much and right. stuff filtering it down. So we started looking at some of the sites that were out there, and you know it was quick, quick to dispense with them because, okay, this is for payday loans. This is for getting out of credit card debt. This is for, um, you know, residential, but I've got to put in way too much information, mm -hmm. you know? And so we built a site that we wouldn't use. That was Gen 1, <laughs> Gen, Gen point, point oh 0.01. Yeah. And then we went back to the drawing board and we stayed there and we'd work after hours and at night and watch YouTube videos on how to code. And we basically were kind of seeing while we're looking for a coder, how far can we push this mm -hmm. thing? We're not gonna sit around and wait. So we just kept going. Yeah, just to be 100% honest, that was Dean. Dean, <laughs> Dean has that kind of mind and he always figures that, I might not know the answer right now, I'm gonna go find it, and he taught himself really how to code, which is fascinating. Yes, I was there, I was looking over his shoulder saying, <laughs> you can were you there. do this, you were there. can you do that, can you do that? And what do you mean you can't do that? You know, kind of egging him on a little bit, and I think that was that was part of the genesis, and, and, and really, he would 
go home at night, 9, 10, 11 o'clock, and he would just stay awake sometimes straight through the night because he, he has that kind of brain that I have to get this done yeah, because Chris is going to expect something in the morning, you know, so yeah, and it to was his kind of, credit. When I he would say, I don't sure. understand why we can't yeah. do past this body. Now why can't you move that header item here? I mean, we didn't here. know what we were saying, but yeah. yeah, I mean, back then, now we know passing parameters, right, right, right. but we were like, I have no yeah. idea how to do that. Yeah. And we got to, we went to a friend of ours at some point about a year and a half ago. And we said, A Sacramento business, Sacramento guy, business guy who started Glue Networks, Jeff Gray. Jeff okay. Gray, great guy. We went to Jeff Gray and we said, Jeff, you know, you're one of the few guys in Sacramento that we know that does tech, although it's a different, totally different type yeah. of tech. And we cracked open the laptop and we said, This is what we've done. Can you help us find a coder? Yeah. And he goes, Why are you looking for a coder? He said, because we have to make this function. We have to make this good. Uh-huh. And he goes, you're there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you that got, was a real amazing And then we moment. had the lesson about the skateboard. And yeah. Then, he's like, know, you did it. I mean, you got an MVP. He's like, that's, you already did it. Right. He's like, you don't realize it, but, you know, it took me X amount of years to get, he's like, good on you guys. I mean, this is, this is amazing. You you're know? an MVP. So the, that was our first level of confidence. I mean, he was really a great friend to kind of, Take the time because he was about launching another product, and and he said, "Gosh, you guys are, you're doing it, you know." So, so you built your MVP yourself. Is it still not phase, or have you has no. it evolved more? Or it's evolved more. Although there's a lot of elements, like any MVP. I mean, there's um, you can see the DNA of the first uh, site That's in there. That's describe it. Yeah. Um, and to some of your listeners, you know, these guys who are watching this video probably know exactly what MVP is. Oh yeah, okay. yeah. We are businessmen. We have no idea. When he oh, said MVP, okay. yeah. he got the whiteboard up and he gave us a little lesson in tech. Okay. Yeah. So it's, you have to just grow from your strengths. Our strengths were decades. Being a of, borrower. Be, decades of being borrowers. Not bankers. That was the key. I mean, people would always say, we went to a conference down in uh, Palm Desert, a banking conference that we were graciously invited to by the California Bankers Association. A woman took a liking to us. And we went down there, and they're like, well, what do you guys know about banking? And we're like, well, that's just it. We don't know anything about banking. And I think that's why we so create this because of that, platform. you can be a disruptor. Right, right. We're coming that's with a very thought. fresh view of, I mean, being attorneys, we understand the regulatory environment. And that helps, too. That was huge. So being businessmen, having been borrowers, and having been both attorneys, we could peer around some of the corners and say, okay, how can this function in a very, very efficient manner and avoid as much friction as possible from the first econ class I ever took? We're trying to make a frictionless mm-hmm. system. And that was the goal. And uh, not coming from a broker background, either of us, and not coming from a banking background, kept our view pretty pure. Yeah, you're really from the user's perspective. That's exactly yeah. right. That's so, exactly right. And, and, and we're empowering the borrower, right? So the, in a lot of other systems, you get hit up by phone calls or whatever it is. Nothing happens in our system. The borrower has to affirmatively choose, and then the conversation begins. So that's another unique part about our Which system. Which is against all, we've never built, we've never been bankers, we've never been coders, we've never done any of this before. Because of that, we weren't predisposed about monetizing it. We didn't have, if we were brokers, we would have had the broker mentality because that's where we would have come from. So we said, as soon as the loan comes in the system, we need our broker fee. 
or if we were coming from tech companies that we had done before, we would have said, no, 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 no. We're going to sell the information as soon as we get it. So what is the pricing model on it? It's subscriptions mm-hmm. to the banks. Okay. It's free for the borrowers. Okay. It, all, it just always will be. I mean, that's just the way it should be. The borrowers come in, they use the system just like Kayak is, they use it. Or um, uh, some people uh, liken it to Match.com. That's the one that came to my mind. Yeah. 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 Because if we didn't build it with a dating site mentality. Uh, we're both married and been married <laughs> long enough that the dating sites were, I don't even know if they were existed. No, or, not when I ago. So, um, it's a little bit like Match.com. And there's, there's elements of Match.com, Kayak, and even to a certain extent, Facebook in it. Because there's an element of, I'm the lender, we've given the borrower the power, just as Chris said. The lenders are saying, the borrower's saying, I'm looking for something kind of like this. This is what I look like. Financially, I look like this. And the asset I'm trying to purchase or refinance, whether it's a house or a business, the asset looks like this. And then the bankers are on the other side of the equation, like Match.com, saying, well, I'm looking as a residential banker in San Diego County and being an experienced uh, residential loan officer, I'm looking for refinance loans in excess of a million dollars because I work an affluent area in San Diego. So he can pre-filter his criteria. So I'm looking for this, this guy kind of looks like this, they meet on Megillah, but the borrower now chooses who to connect with. Mm-hmm. And so that's the element of Facebook that's in there where the bankers are used to the borrowers coming into the branch and you're handed, just like Chris was, a stack of very invasive information, right? Why? Because that's the way it's done. Mm-hmm. They have the money. You know, the golden rule, the guy with the gold. This kind, of, this kind of puts the, the, the power back on the consumer then. Yeah, because our point is, it's huge. and again, we didn't build this to be consumer rights advocates. I mean, that really wasn't, we'd be lying if we said we sat in the office and said, let's save the consumer. You know, that wasn't really the point. But it has turned into a consumer rights advocacy tool because what we're saying is, the borrowers want to know from the banks what's your inventory look like? It's like a car dealer. Wouldn't it be crazy to walk into a car dealer and not know what kind of cars they sell that particular month? That seems ridiculous and stupid. But is it? Because that's what the banks, that's the process that's going on right now. It's as if you went to a car dealer and as soon as you walked in the door, you were greeted. You were given a bottle of water with the car dealer's logo on it. And they said, come with me. And they put you in the finance. But you haven't picked out a car yet. Right. And you don't know what cars are on the lot. Right. Now, that seems crazy to all your viewers because they're used to seeing, well, heck, I'd go to cars.com, car gurus, car this, car that, and I can find out how many white Audi A4s are on the lot at that dealer versus that dealer. Which one do you want to go to? The one with more. How can you amass that information as a borrower? Well, in the current system, you can't. Mm -hmm. And what Chris and I now know better now than even before, there is inventory. It's a different type of inventory. It's capacity. Capacity to loan Mm -hmm. in certain categories of assets. Yeah, I mean, each bank has their, their, a portfolio of real estate assets, right? So if they're, if each year they're analyzing each quarter, probably each day they're analyzing that portfolio, 
And when they get heavy in industrial, the word comes down from above, buy out the residential marketplace because we need more resi and loans. up on industrial. You would never know that as a layperson, right? That's where McGilla comes in. Now you would know it because you would come in and you'd see Bank of America has got the lowest rates by far in the residential marketplace Is that in Sacramento today. Is that a fluke? No. McGill is telling you. you Not know. even McGill is telling you. The bank themselves are telling mm -hmm. you. Through you. Through, Through us. us. And before I forget, McGill alone, what's the website? McGillaloans.com. M-A-G-I-L-L-A loans.com. Yeah. Correct. So people can watch this and go now, check people it out. Yeah. People our age remember fondly a cartoon called the McGill Gorilla. Yeah. Um, a lot of your viewers are going to say, what? What's the McGill Gorilla? <laughs> right. well, and that's okay. The there will be a blockbuster like, movie made about yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. We just like the name. So um, it was actually the day we sat down to kind of fiddle with the first gen of the website. That was actually the placeholder name. Chris had put the placeholder name on the very you know kind of sketchy uh, landing page he put together. He's like, oh, don't worry about the name. That's just the placeholder. <laughs> and. We went to our first couple banker meetings and we tried to see what their reaction was going to be to the product. Because that's the whole point. If the bankers don't use it, why build right, it? You know? right. And um, uh, they cocked me. I thought, this is great. You know, I love it. You know, you're basically going to make us more efficient. You're going to save a lot of money. And then they hang up. And before they go, oh, one more question. One more thing. Love the name. <laughs> so we're like, let's keep it. <laughs> so we kept it. So what stage are you guys at now? You've got a, you've obviously got a product out there that's that's being used. So you've got a customer base, generating revenue. Uh, are you looking for funding, or your what are your growth projections, or what stage of growth are you at? Yeah, I mean we're uh, we're obviously looking for funding. We're currently um, while we're a national site, we're concentrating in uh, California, and we're in a sort of a Series A preliminary Series A funding round looking for between five and $20 million. So um, we, the idea is to blow it out nationally, and obviously there's a lot of risks to that, and most of it would be in marketing dollars, but certainly we have to expand, uh, hire coders, hire bankers, that kind of thing. So what are some, what's some of the traction points you could give the VCs you're pitching for that five to 20 that you could brag about here the, as far as traction, user base, sure. MRR, ARR? Uh, well, in a year and a half, um, loosely, it's it's about a year and a half. Yeah, I mean, since we've launched the site, I would say a year and a half. Year and a half. We created it. Um, so in a year and a half, we are just shy of two billion dollars in loans coming through the system. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> we're very proud of that. That um, with you know us two and uh, internal funding, no outside you know funding sources. Um, we've been able to create something that's built that amount of traction in that short of period of time. Um, so we're just shy of two billion in loans. Um, our average loan size is a million dollars, which we're also very proud of. Now that is a function of the fact that the genesis of the site was um, borrowers and commercial real estate borrowers and you know qualified residential borrowers um, who maybe have banking relationships, maybe can walk into a bank and get a loan, but uh, we think you should take a look around. But that's your target, is the commercial real estate or your primary target? That, it started as a commercial real estate. It started out as a commercial only product. We didn't even have residential because we built it for what we wanted at the time. Mm -hmm. 
it was quickly expanded to residential because most business owners own a house. And so it was a natural um, thing to just add home as a category. So average loan size of a million dollars. At this point in the game, it's half residential, half commercial. Um, that's just nature. It's not we're not skewing it one way or the other. That's just the way it is. Over 120 bank brands. We have over 120 bank brands in the system, and a lot of those bank brands are national. Uh, some of them are um, good uh, community banks. You know, good scale community banks. Uh, some credit unions, and then some very niche lenders, which I find fascinating. You know, these niche lenders that are FDIC insured, mm-hmm. um, where while they may do this and may do that, and they're not really a deposit-based bank, but they specialize in a certain type of loan, farm equipment, or um, we have another lender that specializes in staffing company loans. They know how to underwrite a staffing oh, company. Just like you said, the experience, they have the experience. And that experience, is a, it's a community, there is a community aspect to Megillah where the more loans the system sees you know sort of in its back end and the more lenders that we find and we grow our network of lenders the more powerful it becomes the, the, the network effect basically yeah effect. Exactly. so it's got to be a huge market for the lending institution to dump it for it's you. massive yeah. yeah it's massive it's a massive well market. i think the vcs have got to like hearing that yeah oh, i think so it's, it's massive that's how they think uh, you know better than anyone it's massive really. so we're <laughs> Yeah, so we have a system that works. Okay. It, it works. It's never not worked. Uh, even the even the prototype, uh, I'm proud to say, worked. You know, it didn't crash. Nothing happened to it. You know, I think the one that Chris and I built, I think it saw about five hundred to six hundred million dollars of loans come through the one that we built, mm-hmm. which is kind of cool. So, what are some of the next steps? I mean, you're, you say you're out looking for a Series A, uh, so that's what's probably occupying a lot of your time. Product-wise, though, uh, evolution, upgrades, uh, oh, what upgrades. kind of things are next? Upgrades are constant. Um, the uh, We have upgrades going on at the office right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we're expanding the, um, the ability for lenders to uh, cooperate and co-fund loans. Oh, cool. Syndication. Syndica- lenders do that anyway. Mm-hmm. And again, just like Megillah is giving a borrower access to lenders that they otherwise wouldn't exist and lenders access to borrowers that wouldn't exist. Think of the San Diego Community Bank today. If they want, if they're interested in owner-occupied office buildings between $3 million and $5 million and I'm out looking for an owner-occupied office building, how would I see that bank and how would that bank see me? They're licensed to do loans in the entirety of California. That's the way the licensing mm-hmm. works. They're, they're stifled by their geography. Sure. And we break that in a good way, not in a bad way. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so we're gonna do that so that that bank, if it has a smaller bank, they have legal lending limits that maybe are $5 million. Mm-hmm. And two smaller banks oftentimes syndicate with each other to do one loan. Collaboration. Collaboration. So, let's. I forgot to ask earlier. Where are you guys located here in the area? Are you in Roseville or? or yeah, you have staff. You have offices. Yeah, we have office at uh, Howe and Fair Oaks. Oh, okay, close. Yeah, real close. Okay. Yeah, yeah pretty close. Yeah. Uh, ten, ten staff. 
Okay, and, and any kind of growth projections as far as staffing? Yeah, hiring. Okay, so okay, so I encourage you to, we have a job board on Startup Sack. If you've right. got particular people, your job postings you're, you're looking at hiring, um, go on there or That's send awesome. it over to me and I'll put it on there. Oh, that'd be great. great. Um, yeah, I mean, we're, we really, we didn't touch on this, but I'm a Sacramento native. Chris is essentially a Sacramento native. He's been here long enough where, you know, think of him as a Sacra, Sacramento uh, native. We're trying to keep it local. I mean, we're, we are doing our best to patronize um, you know, local coding, coding houses, um, uh, local marketing people, our offices here. Um, you know, of course, we're, we're working very closely with banks in this mm -hmm. area. So we're doing our best. Like Chris said, it's a national platform. We've done loans. I believe we've done loans in all 50 states. Mm -hmm. I would say we've done them. We've matched them. Right. We've connected them. Um, which is great. I mean, that's... So speaking of the Sacramento area, um, I often ask in these interviews, what are some of the uh, pros and cons that you've come across in developing your startup here? Some of the, the key strengths that we think we, that you've seen and also some of the things that you think we need here in the region. And I know there, this, the need is always going to be more VC money, but... Yeah, I think that, I mean, but again, I think the world is becoming so much more smaller that I think you can get that. I think it's trying to say for us you know we were encouraged to go down to san jose and move there and, and we really wanted to stay close to our roots and we're we're comfortable we have families here i think uh, a lot of it the uh, i think students tend to think san jose right away mm -hmm. so i think there's a little bit of a brain drain i think you have to work a little harder to find qualified people um, but i think that's changing i think you know san jose has blown up so much that People are starting to come to Sacramento. I think Kevin Nagel started, brought up, is bringing the, some more VC money here. Um, certainly impact. I think uh, the money will help. I think um, you know the tax environment would be a little bit better if we could do something there to encourage it. But specifically in Sacramento, I think you know Barry Bloom's doing a pretty good job bringing people back and introducing that. Yep. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's that pretty much sums it up. I mean, I, I think there's a lot more going on here. Um, it's a little harder to find, and you know. Well, that's what I'm all about. That's what you're make about. that easier to find. Yeah, because um, you know we didn't know you existed a year and a half ago. Uh, we, we were new to the industry. I barely existed a year. ago. Okay, well there, yeah, I mean there you have it. So a lot of things are happening, mm -hmm. and um, if you're starting something new or you're trying to expand something or you're from a different area and want to move a small startup to Sacramento for whatever reasons, um, I think a year and a half ago, it was it was a little more murky. Mm -hmm. You didn't know where to go. Right. And I think um, people like yourselves are... are yeah, you can change, feel it. Change. They're kind of organizing. Mm -hmm. We're organizing ourselves as a community a little bit better. Yeah. Like, Okay, this is you know where you find the coders, and this is where you might find uh, good marketing teams that understand the nature of a startup, mm -hmm. which is different than an existing business. There's sure. a different, there's a different uh, needs. Mm -hmm. um, this is where you can go to explore some VC options, and this is where you can go after work and meet other startup people, other founders. Yeah, other founders or other innovators. I think this kind of stuff, in the, I don't know this for a fact, but I assume in the Silicon Valley, this stuff is happening in those environments and just at the Starbucks. Yeah, it's sure. probably just like around. Yeah. It's a little harder. It's more pervasive there for sure. And yeah. that's one of our goals here, not just me and Startup Stack, but a lot of the other organizations and people are trying to yeah. bring that mentality and culture 
to a degree here without losing our own unique uh, strengths of the collaboration and the community that we have here in Sacramento. And we also, I mean, we like to practice what we preach. And here I am telling you that I can connect borrowers in Northern California with community banks in Southern California because we're not a geography-based system. Okay, if that's true, <laughs> then why should it matter where these two guys are? It shouldn't, yeah. right? You're telling me that we don't have experienced coders in Sacramento? I don't believe that. We do. They're here. We do. And I don't believe that we, you have to, a good, a good PR person, the only good PR people, that's what people say all the time. If you really want good PR, you gotta go over there. I don't believe that. It doesn't mean that everyone we work with is in Sacramento, of course. Mm -hmm. you, sure. You, you know, if you have trouble finding the right person, eventually you have to use who you found. Um, but over time, as we organize ourselves better within a community, it's... We'll help in any way possible. Yeah. I mean, we've learned a lot in the two years we've been in business, and we try to, you know, I read a blog specifically about that, how to intermix family and mm -hmm. startup life, especially as an older guy. So, I mean, we encourage people to read that uh, startup life, um, but we want to also be there to help people because we need, we wish there was some guy like us who led us through the, the maze a little bit. And Jeff Gray was certainly one of them. And Jill's Atia from uh, DLA, Piper. Uh, DLA Piper was another one. Craig Clark, who founded uh, CoreLogic, has been great. So there are players here. Yeah, those are some power, I mean, you've. Real powerful those players. Those are powerful here. players. Yeah, yeah. So speaking of that, um, yeah. I always like to kind of end on what advice or tips have you learned in this journey over the last couple of years that you could share with the viewers here watching this and listening to it? Yeah. Key takeaways that come to mind. Key takeaways is certainly try to find a mentor who's been through it and who's willing to just take you under their wing for no, no fee. Mm -hmm. I think that there's some sense of honesty there. Mm -hmm. um, I think the biggest thing is that it has to burn inside of you. The passion. I mean, the passion. It's it's. You know, if Dean didn't have that mindset that I'm going to create this at all odds and I don't want to hear no, the inability to hear no, that no just seems not right now, that I think is the greatest gift you could ever have as an entrepreneur. Um, there's so many people who have great ideas and don't execute them. So the inability to hear no and have that burning passion like we did for this and we still do for this, um, I think that's the greatest gift you could have. Yeah. Dean? Um, I, I've used this one before, but I'm going to use it again because I, I still I still believe it. It's still the best one. Is a corollary to what Chris just said is even if even if you maybe you don't have that, I can't take no for an answer. Or I just I'm not a I'm a hundred percent person. Meaning I I can't I can't stop at ninety nine. I just can't. You're all in. Guys. I'm all in, and I like to finish the project. That's what I mean. Mm -hmm. Like, if I'm starting something, even if something as mundane as cleaning the garage, if you ask my family, <laughs> when it's done, it's done, right? It's just finished, and not everyone's like that. And um, I think that you shouldn't be afraid to try because um, Chris and I didn't know any better. We just didn't. And having that naivete wasn't necessarily so bad. Mm -hmm. If we knew that we were building what we now know is a two-sided marketplace with a right. the most extremely competitive Google AdWords uh, keyword set, keyword with set. the 
a coding that was like way beyond anything we could do. I mean, if you if you knew all that going in, you'd psych yourself out, <laughs> right? And I would just tell your your listeners that if you don't understand how to do SEM marketing, Google it. Google it. Learn it. <laughs> you true. will end up having an SEM company it's help true. you. It's true. I believe that bumbling your way through something yeah. is the only way to learn it. And failure is good. Our society <laughs> teaches us failure is not good. Failure is the greatest thing. I teach my kids that all the time. Because if you're failing, you're trying something, right? Mm -hmm. You're trying something new. Mm -hmm. And I love failure because you're trying. What are you going to do? Sit in your office and work the rest of your life? Well, that's a big component of, of startup life is yeah. fail fast, fail often. Yeah. That's it. That's it. And Chris <laughs> and I were saying in the beginning that when yeah. we did our first Google AdWords campaign, uh, we had gotten a free coupon. You know, they always get you with a free coupon or something. And we kind of looked at each other and said, well, look, if we hired an agency, the agency is going to take, uh, there's a markup, right? Mm -hmm. Whatever the markup is. So as businessmen, we're like, hmm, well, we could pay the markup and have it done right, but how about while we're looking to figure out which agency it is, we're just gonna do it. You learn. We're just gonna do it, because we at least have that markup implicitly as the failure, you can't do worse than the markup. The failure approach. The failure approach, yeah. right, the failure quotient. <laughs> and then when we finally met with these and interviewed, and they were interviewing us, we're seeing where the good fit is, what happens? Well, you can talk intelligently. Yeah. You can, you don't know as much as they know. But at least you know the questions. You know ask. the questions there they you go. ask. That's a great. That's and a great you, line. or you know the lingo. I mean, I'll never forget when I went to business yeah. school, in law school or any school is really the same way. I remember I went to business school and I was young, and I hadn't worked. I mean, I was fresh, you know, and out of Berkeley, and I walked in that classroom and people were throwing acronyms around intentionally, I think, you yeah. know, because first day of school. Buzzwords. Yeah. And I called, my dad called me at home. He's like, hey, how'd it go? You know, how, you know, he's excited to hear, you know, his son's in New York now, you know, what's going on? I told him, I said, I, I think this was a mistake. Like, I mean, way <laughs> over my head. I didn't understand half of what was coming out of these guys' mouths. I mean, I am, I have no, I don't even know what the class was about. You know, I was just like way out of my league. Well, once you strip away the acronyms, and the purposely vague discussion terms and you know people are throwing around shorthand language and stuff once after a week or two once I got kind of the lingo down I felt way more comfortable it's just a bunch of math I mean everything is math and spreadsheets and you know it's <laughs> yeah. once you distill it down if you don't try to code yeah, how are you going to talk to your back-end coder mm -hmm. about what's going on it's just this black box I think yeah. the, the greatest story I'll leave you with is that when we were early on, we, we talked to an investor early on, and he said, can I see your deck? And <laughs> Dean and I looked at each other like, <laughs> you know, it's made of maple, it's in the backyard, you know, so, so there's hope for everyone, so right. that's how naive we were. Start a pitch deck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, because it was a deck. If they had said pitch deck, yeah, I would have, yeah. but it was a yeah. short version deck. <laughs> that's the kind of vulnerability We looked at each other, we're like... All right, guys, I want to thank you for your time, thank and you. I want to wonderful. wish you the best of luck going out there. And uh, yeah, magillaloans.com, right? Correct. All right, thank you, thank you guys. Appreciate thank your time. You.
That was great. Got some good questions there. <laughs>